0: Hi, I'm Kate and I'm Mandy and this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there, welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious and today I am joined by Joe Waldock. Joe is a sober coach from the UK living in France which is how we connected through our experiences of being Brits in France so I'm sure we're getting to that conversation in a moment. Um, she came out as trans early on in her sober journey and that's been a real kind of uh, conversation that we were just having before we started this podcast but also um in terms of her own recovery and where she's at and um and moving forward really and so i'm delighted to talk with joe today and we were just saying that actually we've been kind of insta friends for quite a long time but i know nothing about her sober journey so it's actually really exciting just to sort of listen and piece together the bits of of um yeah how she ended up in france and 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 how she ended up sober and and sort of her work as a sober coach Really, so hi Joe, how are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm fine, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you once again for having me.
0: Oh my pleasure. Yeah, and we were just sort of saying before that you uh, you've been suffering with long COVID, right? So mm. things have been a bit up and down for you in the last year.
1: But things have been very up and down, <laughs> yeah, in the last year, in the last uh, eighteen months, in the last year with long COVID, um, the last 18, 19 months of sobriety, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's quite a. Th- it's it's becoming one of those kind of words it's it's an invisible disease in a sense as Mm. as much as you know any kind of mental health problem that you know people don't really understand what it's like to kind of yeah to to have that so i hope yeah hopefully with the next vaccine will will help a little bit to give you some protection from that um so we always start with um a little bit about your journey to going alcohol free really so can you sort of take us back to yeah your your drinking self and how you made the transition to going sober
1: so my drinking self was um like at the same time kind of life of the party and also let's bring the party back back home <laughs> like if the party hasn't gone on for long enough outside then let's uh bring it back and and continue at home. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, uh, at college, like I went to a to a six-form college. So at 16 started partying on the weekends and then went to uni and you know, partying every day. <laughs> and then uh then when I moved to Paris, I I was young. Um and it was just it was a fun thing to do, right? It was one of my favorite things about Paris, the, the cafe culture, the terrace culture, um, the fact that you know, I was definitely the, the binge drinker, but it was it was kind of fine because I'd go and be respectful in one cafe and then, and then move on to the next cafe. And like, as long as you do a bar crawl, like every time, um, it feels fine. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. I think as the years went on, like I was, a, I was an English teacher for a long time, um, English and um, like communication studies teacher. And then when I moved to Leon, so I've been in Leon for six years, um I was I was working loads like I was teaching face-to-face 40 hours a week Mm. um and you know would then come home and be very much peopled out uh and think well I don't want to I don't want to talk to anybody but I don't want to be deprived of you know a glass of wine or two or twelve um and so was was drinking at home more um and then was drinking out as well uh, and then yeah then my one of my best friends uh went went sober um, and kind of surprised surprised all because she was a proper bit like me that was you know another a fellow northern girl um living in france uh and she went sober and she'd come to a party at mine um and was still loads of fun which really, I like. I knew that she could be. I knew that she had it in her, but I'd never really seen it. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was the first kind of aha moment. I was like, oh, apparently, uh, we can still party and still talk to people uh, without those. Um, and then when I was when I was doing my certification because um, I retrained as a life and business coach in 2018 and 19. Um, and when I was writing, like the the paper to to get certified, um, I decided to have three weeks off booze um, while I was while I was doing it. And I had a couple a couple of slips, a couple of evenings uh, where I did drink, but it was the first time I think ever that I'd like gone for a, an extended period of time without booze. And then <laughs> finally. Uh, when I was setting up my new my new company, um, I'd had uh, the very clever marketing people at One Year No had obviously seen my Google searches. <laughs> like, is it normal for this to hurt? Is it normal <laughs> for this anger <laughs> to be the case? Um, and so, I'd been getting ads for them. Um, and yeah, uh, I was like, all right, okay, I'm going to give myself four weeks off um, off the booth to really get this business off the ground. Um, and that was the 20th of October and
0: I haven't looked at 2019 and I haven't looked back since. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, I totally resonate. I think we talk about this a lot in our group, you know, that um, teaching is such a tiring profession. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, I mean, that's another thing that we connected on, right? Sort of working in, in business schools and working in, in France as an English teacher and the same for me and it is it's like your nervous system is kind of so ragged by the end of the day because you've been performing essentially yes. um okay. you know and when I was teaching I mean I love I was a great teacher like the mm. students loved me I mm. I loved my job up until the point where then I absolutely hated it <laughs> um but you know because it was it was so sure like I was you know down with the kids and you know yeah. sort of like yeah really enjoyed that interaction with them but then I get home and I was just broken tired Mm. and then I had to put the kids to bed and was you know couldn't function like couldn't you know be trying to read them a story literally kind of like falling asleep um and it's interesting that kind of Brits abroad um yeah it's quite a strange thing isn't it to live in another country and you kind of have these friendships that sometimes you go would we have been friends if we weren't Mm -hmm. you know living abroad did you find that as well
1: I did yeah um I mean every time every time I've moved like I moved quite a lot even when I was living in Paris um and every time I moved or changed schools I'd kind of like go through a shed type um thing and and would definitely lose contact with um with certain people and moved I definitely moved away from from the anglophone world in Paris um I like only ever went out with French boys and kind of would always steal a couple of their friends before breaking up with them
0: <laughs> <laughs> good tactic
1: <laughs> I know it was a, it was a really yeah it was a really good way of, of uh surrounding myself with French speakers um,
0: yeah, I did the same. I did when yeah. we moved from Lille to here, I was mm-hmm. like I I I can't be involved in the sort of I don't even like the expat It's not on, it doesn't mean yeah. the immigrant population yes. of british yeah. people. Yeah. Um because yeah, it's a very it can be quite toxic and mm-hmm. strange and just yeah, I think there's a falseness of those friendships which is just based on the fact that you both speak English and Yeah. It's a curious sort of, it's a curious thing. And how are you finding, I mean, how is that kind of reflecting the fact that you, you know, live live away from where you grew up? How do you think that impacted on your drinking or on your sober experience? Um,
1: on my drinking, I think it was probably, you know, as soon as I left home, like at 18 to go to uni, I was like, that's it. I'm never, <laughs> I'm never going back there. And not, you know, not because uh, of anything horrific, just so I was like this is a choice that I am moving away. And I, you know, I'm very much moving, <laughs> moving away and staying away. Um, but like at uni, you know, everybody was was away from home. Uh, mm-hmm. So we were all, you know, it was kind of like, shit, what's that? Um, Lord of the flies, yeah. <laughs> Lord of the flies with booze um, type thing um and yeah there's a little there is definitely an element of I think it, I think we we can still tap into that holiday type feel mm. um you know wh- more or less wherever we live and whatever our job is um like I can remember being dog tired one time going home from um like going home from from work in Paris and the metro got stuck uh somewhere and you know I had to come out and I literally like came up on the invalides and you know saw the Tower, and blah 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 yeah right this isn't too bad yeah Um, like (laughs) there are worse commutes to have there are worse places to to be dog tired um and so I think being able to tap into that holiday spirit even you know even when you have got responsibilities and that definitely enabled you know we can always find excuses to get paid yeah but that was definitely a good one Yeah.
0: yeah I think I mean I think certainly for me um I've recognized now there's there's part of my story that is about like displacement and about like you know I was the same you know I I used to sort of I grew up in a small town in in the west country and I was just like all I wanted to do was get away like all yeah. I wanted to do was leave I like write wrote poet you know angst poems as a 14 year old of like climbing over the hills of the oh, cockswolds no. to like escape and just you know because yeah. there was that sense of like I didn't fit like I had great mm-hmm. friends and I had a mm. you know really sort of strong group of friends I just felt I just knew that there was something else that there was something bigger out there and then when I left and then I just kept on trying to search for it like I was like okay it's not there it's in Brighton okay it's not there it's in London okay it's not there it's in France you know and now I've got to a point where it's like okay the pandemic has made me stay Mm -hmm. here and reflect and go hmm home (laughs) what does that look like like
1: maybe it's in me yes (laughs) yes
0: oh I love that yeah I'm gonna oh I'm gonna journal about that maybe home is in me um yeah and it's it's been an interesting one and I certainly know that part of my yeah my kind of sensory seeking behavior was about running away because I didn't quite know where I fit
1: yeah 100% 100%, Mm. um, yeah and also like that fitting particularly in France I feel the society is so good at putting you in boxes (laughs) um, making you fit into a box and I was always yeah, I can remember talking about this a lot when I when I was going through the coach training um like I was like I'm too you know at the time I hadn't come out even to myself necessarily as trans um I was like, I'm too gay to be hippie and too um I'm too British to be French but I'm also too French to be British and like that kind of thing of being the elite of the yeah. two things um and having you know having your ass on the two chairs, as we say. Um, and that, yeah, a lot of my drinking was to either make myself forget the bits that didn't fit in the boxes mm. or to just not care that actually I didn't fit in the box. Um, but it, it was definitely, and still is, um, an uncomfortable feeling um, that I think is is more prevalent in France than, than yeah. okay, at least in my, in my memories.
0: Yeah, I mean, I always sort of say, and it's really interesting having kids, you know, that are kind of bicultural and their reactions when they go back to England. Like there's part of them that feels there's like a like a sense of like, ah, you know, pressures off a little bit and they can just be themselves and they they're much more kind of I see them sort of shift into being more expressive and more open and Mm -hmm. you know even how they react to friends like they've got a real bond with my I guess it's because I'm their mum too but they have a real bond with British people of like hugging them and just being you know close Mm -hmm. to them which they don't Mm -hmm. have in France but at the same time I like that there's some rules and kind of you know a cadre in France that they don't have in the UK so yeah it's yeah. complex. It's, com- it's really interesting and, and very rich mm-hmm. to have that experience of living abroad. But it can feel quite lonely, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> and so, you know, if you don't mind, I mean, we talked about it beforehand, you mm-hmm. know, talking about the kind of coming out as being trans and that being part mm-hmm. of your sober story. So how has that impacted you? And why do you think... I guess. Why do you think being sober gave you that strength to own that part of you? I guess. Do you think there's a link there?
1: Oh God, hundred percent. Yeah, um, there's there's definitely a link. Uh, for years, I probably twice a year for about twenty years, um, I would get pissed, and at three o'clock in the morning, we'd be talking about you know trans rights or LGBTQIA stuff. Um, And I would, and I've, you know, I've said it to her since. Um, I'd say at that point, piss at three o'clock in the morning, I'd say I'll deal with that question as to whether I'm trans or trans enough. Um, I'll deal with that when my mum's dead. Mm. Because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to add that to her list of disappointments uh, or hardships that she would carry for herself and also for me. Um, And, you know, therapy tells me things about that um but yeah the the whole trans thing was um i think i was two months just over two months sober um and it <laughs> uh and i had my first christmas in leon uh stayed on my own and on the christmas eve on the 24th i went to a um like to this dinner for femme them like women in precarious uh mm positions um and I was the you know I was the guest of one like the woman who was running it presenting as male Um, and this one of the one of the women who was there was like is your name old name dead name or is it a feminized version of dead name and I was like no it's it's boy version and she was like okay and she kept on coming back to it um and I was like shut up god (laughs)
0: leave me alone (laughs) alone. and it was
1: already I just I'd quit smoking as well so I stopped the booze on the 20th of October and then on the 1st of December was like right okay I'm gonna stop smoking and vaping as well (laughs) like fuck it let's do it all (laughs) let's do all the things that we want to do um and so I was already like really uncomfortable right I was Mm. at this big dinner um where there wasn't much alcohol but there was some um and where you know obviously people were going off cluffing left right and center um and so that i was like oh shit okay all right this is this is the thing like that i don't necessarily want to um think about too much and the next day i was doing um some kind of like permanence type thing on, on one inobia um because I was home on the 25th of, of December and I was like, right, okay, if I can be useful to anybody else, we'll be. So this guy, and I'm going to use a slow word in a minute. Um, this guy was messaging me and he was pissed. Um, and he was like, what are you anyway? You are trying which obviously is a word that we don't use. And I was like, you know, hackles raised. <laughs> I was mm. like, we don't use that word. I'm prepared to like, you know, block him and move on. Um, And he said, okay, what word do we use? And I was like, oh, transgender. And he said, all right, are you transgender? And I was like, fuck, yes. (laughs) Like, shit, yes. And the link between that, between being trans and sobriety was that I can't, I couldn't run away from it in sobriety, right? I couldn't just muddle it, I couldn't pretend anymore and stay sober Um, and I'd seen within those two and a bit months I'd seen how much that actually being sober brings Um, Mm -hmm. and so I didn't I didn't just want to go back to you know drowning my sorrows and ignoring the question and muddying the waters um, (laughs) for potentially another 10 15 20 years like it was okay I can see now I know what the answer is okay let's go let's do it (laughs)
0: um yeah yeah and it's that kind of i mean it's that i think all of it is that it starts with that it's such a brave choice to be sober because it does i mean someone said this in our group today it was like i think i had it all wrong because i think i was thinking that sober was like getting back to somewhere else mm-hmm. um, you know that i used to be mm-hmm. um and but without alcohol. And it's like, it's really not, it's like starting again. And it's yeah. like, you know, the opening of who I really am. And it's yes. terrifying. Of
1: course it is. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. And then you can't go away and hide from it. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and, it, it, and it is, is that kind of, you know, cause my journey, like obviously I stopped for a year and then I went mm-hmm. back to drinking, like back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, you know I think someone said on soberistas a long time it's like you can't unlearn what sobriety feels like and it was it's like no matter how much and I guess it's the same thing right it's like Mm. once you've had that acceptance about yourself within yourself it's like well I can't ignore it now like however much I try to pretend it's there and it's me and and I felt like that about you know my sobriety It was just like every time I'd go back to drinking and I'd say to my husband like but wasn't I happier when I didn't drink at all and he'd be like yes man did I go okay la 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 <laughs> <laughs> cheers then but I'm just going to ignore that because I want to yeah. be normal yes I want to yeah. fit in the box please let me fit in the box
1: that doesn't that isn't built for you no. yeah.
0: yeah yeah so you mentioned one year no beer so was that a resource that you used at the beginning
1: mm yeah it was um it was I mean I was I didn't I think I read two of the email <laughs> um which like I I'm a huge fan of Andy Remage um yeah. he's very very uh energetic um <laughs> far too energetic for me <laughs> um but like but I just love his energy and light yeah he's wicked, um,
0: yeah
1: and yeah uh the one you know via community it was a Facebook group uh that was the, the most useful for me, um, and I mean, you know, when I said I'm going to take the like, I only signed up for the 28 day challenge, fully expecting to not like to not um, stay the course for the 28 days, um, and it was so that I'd have extra time and energy and motivation to do the to set up the business, and I just worked at sobriety and being sober and talking to other people as well like getting and giving you know suggestions and tidbits and um and support like a huge amount of support mm. um getting and giving from this uh from this community and that was where you know the whole uh, it's a cliche but it's a cliche because it's true the opposite of, connect, of addiction being connection um like I was like oh there's this whole world yeah. out here um and it's not like i had done a really good job of surrounding myself with piss heads in, front <laughs> yeah. in my life. Piss heads and smokers. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, actually, I think I'm not going to be a pisshead or a smoker. Shit. Where am my friends? Like, you know, yeah. who can I hang out with where it's safe and where I'm not just going to be tempted? Mm. Um, and so it was on one year. You know, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um, and. Yeah. Um... I mean, that's been the same thing for me because I think it's like you have this idea of like, well, I'm sober, and then that's it, you know, it's like life's over kind of thing. And it's like, no, no, you have to create another life. And, you yes. know, and it was such a kind of revelation when I found kind of other people on sober communities and just found that actually they were like, really fun people it's like no we weren't the boring ones we were the most fun ones at the party that's why we ended up in this mess like you know it's not because we were kind of sort of well probably internally wallflowers but externally pretty loud Mm. (laughs) and and full of the party yeah
1: um
0: so yeah what's been your biggest area of personal growth that you've seen
1: um I'm gonna wrote an answer to that. Um, definitely redefining self-care. Um, and you know, it was all it was very much a, a series of steps, like the training as a coach, with the therapy and then the training as a coach, and then the sobriety, and then the coming out as trans, um, and then getting long COVID and having to deal with, you know, chronic fatigue and, mm-hmm. and pain. Um, and all of that and so yeah redefining self-care um and what what, what does self-care look
0: like for you then
1: so it's a lot more listening to it's it's being able to hear that voice right the voice not just of what you want but of what you need um and so it's doing um it's doing the exercise (laughs) it's doing the breathing exercises Mm. to give me some stamina back and it's doing the yoga even though um uh like I never did yoga before um and I'm terrible at it Um, I tend to do like five minutes of it and then just lie down on the floor and cry um but my yoga teacher was like you're doing yoga perfectly you're you know you're letting it out um and something is moving in you and through you
0: oh I'm glad you found a a yoga teacher like that because I'm struggling in France like every every yoga class I've been to it's super like energetic exercise oh, right. based you know and I'm like no can we just not do yoga nidra and lie down and give me a yeah. blanket and let me have a cry because yeah. <laughs> that's what yoga looks like to me so yeah
1: does it have to be in the flesh for you or can you do it online
0: um I could do it online I mean it's an area of growth let's say um mm. movement at the moment. <laughs> um I am actually going to the kine I'm going to the physio today because I've had like um I had a calf I used to run basically and I think when you have it sort of something that's your part of your it definitely wasn't when I was a young person I didn't do any exercise and the only kind of movement I did was going you know dancing in raves yeah um But then, kind of in my twenties, like after I'd had the kids, I got into running and actually like joined a running club, and I really loved it. And again, it's Mm -hmm. that sense of community. And I did a couple of half marathons, and then I got um, injured because I was drinking and not looking after myself. I got injured in my calf muscle. Didn't go to physio at the time because obviously I was too busy working, blah blah blah, kids, no self care, (laughs) Um, and the scar tissue. well it's the, there's a scar on the tissue so okay. whenever I run it it rubs slightly okay. um so the only thing you can do is kind of manage it with with massage and anyway mm. so I either need to kind of find something else to do or mm. really work on it so it's a transition thing but um yeah. um yeah I mean I love yoga when it's with people yeah, I like, I think I've, that's what I'm coming to. I was talking to my friend Rose, who you mm-hmm. um, know as well, who's another Perth, British person in, in France. And um, yeah. she was saying group classes, you know, where you are with other people, that's mm-hmm. like, that's where she enjoys exercise. And I was like, mm, I think I might okay. be the same because it mm-hmm. can replicate that kind of like being in a club. I should do Zumba or something like that, you know?
1: yeah. Yeah, um, that sounds horrifying. Really. <laughs> like good for you. Have fun. I'm going to stay at home. Okay. <laughs> I'll stay at home with my camera turned off uh, and my screen turned on. Thank yeah, you.
0: like
1: the so much of the stuff that's come out of the pandemic has been really good for me, and also has been kind of enabling at mm. the same time. Right, um, like I, I had. Uh, I had anxiety anyway. Definitely had my own relationship with with anxiety um, and kind of agoraphobia. And like adding, adding the whole trans, like being being publicly trans and transitioning in public at the age of thirty six, yeah. um, definitely contributes to the agoraphobia. Yeah, um, and so. You know, I work from home. I work online most of the time, um, and so now I've got my wonderful yoga teacher online on my computer, and I have the the people that I want to speak to are just in my office. It's it's amazing, mm. um, but yeah, uh, it's a bit too possibly, definitely a bit too much.
0: Yeah, I I, I completely relate. I am um, mm. I can go like three four days without going outside, yeah. Um and it's yeah it's that fine line isn't it and we talk about this kind of in coaching and in our group of that kind of when to push and when to accept you know like where's the comfort zone and when is it the comfort zone is enabling you to stay stuck and when is it actually where exactly where you should be right now and it's a really difficult um question to be like do Mm. I need to just kind of feel the fear and do it anyway or am I actually practicing really good self-care now and what I need is just to rest yeah Yeah. it's not easy to I think it's a. you know it within your gut really yeah um yeah yeah, I I mean um it's all it's all nice in in theory going to a class (laughs) but whether I'll actually do it or not yeah um mean, this
1: this yoga teacher is um she's actually an old actress I mean a young actress she was an actress when she was younger she played the the sister the older sister in Mrs Doubtfire Lisa Jacob Oh, um and she it's it's called yoga for anxiety like the the thing and it's kind of you know it's pay as you pay as you want pay as you can pay as you feel feel fit um and I just yeah um I just love it. it it's Another thing that I never, you know, two years ago, like you're going to be doing yoga online, <laughs> like fuck off. <laughs> but thank, thank fuck. So this yeah, is yeah. this is the thing, like, because I think the question was about self care, um. And in the past, what does self care look like to you? It looks like a bottle, of, <laughs> a bottle of wine in the bath with a straw <laughs> after a long day, um. And you know, Siggy's and and taking time with friends and, and everything else and obviously what do you do with your friends Bye. you go out. it doesn't matter if you if you meet them for coffee you have one coffee um yeah and then it's like shall we have a little glass of wine all of my self-care revolved around alcohol um and or hangovers um mm. but you know it's still alcohol adjacent um and so now yeah therapy yoga um lit, the movement stuff eating what i what does me good as well as Mm. what what I want to eat Mm.
0: yeah I love that and I'm going to check that out the the yoga for anxiety there Mm. is actually um within the she recovers community they have trauma-informed yoga on a Wednesday night Mm -hmm. I think it is um which I tune in when Taryn does it because she always reads really nice poems at the beginning and that's very much just kind of lying down (laughs) and just (laughs) doing some gentle stretching and things yeah um So yeah, tell us about your work. Um, so I know we're, we're recording this just before the summer, and you were going to take a kind of self-care break.
1: Yes. Over the summer. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been an intense um, an intense while. Um, so my work, so as I said before, um, I, I retrained as a as a profession like as a business coach and life coach and then went sober Um, and so i'm adding you know have added uh sober coach um to it so i work with with women and and queer people of all uh all genders and sexualities um either pre-sobriety or like you know during sobriety or kind of post sobriety uh things um like goals and stuff Uh, i didn't you know when i trained i didn't expect to be working obviously <laughs> didn't expect to be working on on sober issues um but it's it's worked out it's worked out really well like I think um a lot of the people that I work with are um kind of medium-term sobriety um mm. and so it's it's that working on the shit that drove us to drink in the first place yeah <laughs> in addition to you know how do you also stay away from from the booze when it comes, uh, when it comes to calling. And so, as do one-on-one work, and, um, and I've got a wonderful support group uh, that I that I run, uh, and that will, you know, that will continue over the summer, and the one-on-one stuff will continue over the summer. I think it's more, it's more the writing and like the media, the social media, like you know, you've always got to be producing content. I mean, I can, yeah. See, yeah, that. <laughs> I can yeah. feel the yawn and the tiredness. <laughs>
0: yeah uh, I have a complicated relationship with social Mm -hmm. media for sure Mm -hmm. because it's it helped me so much to get sober like I you know Instagram was my it was my jam you know it was just I the first time I got sober was through soberistas and then you Mm -hmm. know because I'd gone back and forth back and forth not that any there was anything from the community like but I felt, I was just like, I cannot go back and be like, okay. hi, really me again, yeah. you know, that thing I said about moderating. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was wrong. Like, mm-hmm. again, you know, I'd done it like seven times or something. Um. So, yeah, I was a bit lost. I was, you know, and then it was like, oh, maybe because I'd been toying around with Instagram because there was, mm-hmm. you know, a few people that I knew who were sort of mums and were doing brands work and stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe Instagram could, I could do something. So I yeah. had like so many different accounts. I had like one about food, I had one about motherhood, or one, one okay. and I was just like, oh, no, like, you know, when you're just searching, searching for your yeah. thing and just like, yeah. again, where to fit. Um, Mm -hmm. you know maybe is it like you know British person living in France and all that stuff and then I was like actually maybe I just need to like talk about my mental health and Mm -hmm. and my alcohol free journey and I made some really good mates in in America through She Recovers and and that was what really helped me sort of grasp onto it again really and yeah. and and this naked mind as well reading that was just like oh mm. that's all the stuff I'd forgotten you know it was that click yes. again yeah because mm. I think once you after you've done a period of sobriety if you start drinking again it's like smoking I mean it was exactly the same and actually that was quite good for me to be able to map them mm. over yeah. each other because I was a smoker and I'd given up and then I started again. Um, yeah. you know, and it was that whole like, oh, only smoke on the weekends or only smoke at parties. <laughs> and then it was like, Oh, now I'm smoking at work. And then it yeah. was like, you know, and I had that rock bottom smoking moment where I left the kids, you know, and they were uh-huh. still quite young to go and yeah. get some some cigarettes. Yeah. Um, and so again, when I was going through that with my sobriety, it was like, you know right I'll only drink you know every so often mm-hmm. and then and and it's not like it was before because I'm not drinking on my own and all those yes. sort of yeah. different rules basically yeah. um but still the same thing it was like the question was like is it making you happy like mm-hmm. is it taking away more than it's it's giving
1: what does it bring what does it take away absolutely yeah absolutely. yeah I'm so grateful for the people um like I think so many people carry shame when they do do that like sobriety, moderation, shit, shit drinking, (laughs) that sobriety, like, and go through that cycle and talk about it. But I'm so grateful for it because otherwise I 100% would have come back to drinking. um, Like numerous times (laughs) over the last um, however many months it's been. Um, If it wasn't for stories like that and for seeing Mm. the, for seeing the you know the people who go towards moderation then coming back. And I'm not saying that moderation doesn't work for for everybody. i'm I'm sure there, I think there is probably confirmation bias in there. Uh you know, the people that moderation does work for don't tend to come back to the sober community and talk about it. Um, or at least not not the stuff that I've seen. Um, but I think for a lot of people, like for those of us who have troubled relationships with alcohol um, or problematic relationships, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's about, I think, kind of analysing why you're putting alcohol on a pedestal. Like, why mm-hmm. is it so po- important that to, to try and keep it in your life? You know, and that was the difference for me. It's like, you know, when I started looking around at other people, you know, my husband drinks, my mm-hmm. family, I definitely know there's people within my life that have problematic relationships with alcohol. There's people that are not, you know, looking at that and that's okay that's their journey and there's people that you know have drink less than they used to Mm -hmm. but it's like I know you know for example with my husband it's like if you said to him right you know there's no more alcohol sorry he'd be like oh I mean he's French right he has a wine cellar like he's (laughs) super super into wine he'd be like oh dommage okay anyway you know where did you find him <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like okay anyway like let's go and play tennis you know like oh he has God. other things in his life
1: okay, that yeah. are
0: you know he he's really good at tennis he's you know mm-hmm. he's quite career driven he's got other stuff in his mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and again with other people it would be like oh all right you know like yeah my my dad's a cancer survivor so it's like mm-hmm. when he was having treatment it was like don't drink so he yeah. didn't drink Yeah, but for me I would have been like
1: can you give me the chemo where I can drink yeah 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 Yeah. how can I keep
0: how can I just drink like I know you know it's that thing of like oh we're moving house tomorrow okay I'll get really shit-faced because I'm celebrating the fact that we're moving house and now everything's gonna be terribly difficult yeah and you know and I write those sort of things where it's like oh thank goodness I'm you know I'm sober because I you know I I enjoyed taking the kids to school in the morning and some people were reading that going, mm, okay. <laughs> but for <laughs> me, that's, that's where it was, right? Yeah. It was just, it was at the center of everything. Yes. Even if yes, I could keep it in check and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, you know, at a rock bottom, it was still the center of all my thought mm-hmm. processes.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's a good, yeah, it, it is that aspect of just saying no to that one thing, right? Yeah. Can, am I going to drink today? No, or not. You say no to that one thing, and it stops all of the 89 billion other questions that come afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was talking to, to another cervical trend yesterday um, about the... Shit, i just completely lost my train of thought. Um, so, yeah, I hope you can edit that part out. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I can't remember.
0: That. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. We were talking about um yeah, moderation and and taking one thing out and how that um allows you to have other brain space for other things. Yeah. And I think like certainly for me when I was like moderating or whatever, what I was actually doing was trying not to get drunk all the time. Yeah. yeah. And all I really wanted to do was get drunk drunk. (laughs) of course of course it's like you know constant frustration yeah one was too little and two was too many yeah just that's that was the reality of it yeah (laughs) Yeah. so yeah so um what are your plans projects what things we've got coming up in the future
1: Um, so I'm hoping to have a bit of a redo uh, possibly without you know pandemic and chronic illness. <laughs> um, so yeah I mean you know uh, there are hopes to uh, to to carry on growing growing the community uh, growing my my one-on-one work. Um, I wrote uh, I wrote a guide to beginning an alcohol free adventure, um, which I, like, which is available on my on my patreon um that's been another complication of transitioning mm. <laughs> of the last year has been like you know bank accounts and working online via paypal and like some people are like okay we'll use this name and then other people are like no you have to use a different name um it's it's been quite hard to like to make business things happen easily (laughs) um online Mm. uh so yeah kind of working through working through that and getting more like doing more writing and carrying on doing doing the podcast things and then you know i'm just waiting for for our mate glennon to to call (laughs) me next and then i'm gonna go and live with her and abby and it'll all be fine
0: Oh my goodness, I'm so obsessed with Abby. You know, she was um one of the, she will be one of the guest speakers at She Recovers conference. So it was yeah. it? no Abby.
1: Wow. Mm,
0: yeah, so it was cancelled last year. So they do a big conference. Um I went to the one in LA. Mm-hmm. Everyone will be laughing when I say that because I basically drop that into every conversation <laughs> I ever have with anyone when I was in LA. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they did this huge conference with really mm. amazing speakers like Cheryl Strade and um, who else was, oh my goodness, I got like Tara Moore, mm. um, really amazing speakers. And yeah. And so the one that was supposed to be in Miami last year, um, Abby was one of the guest uh, headline speakers. Cool. So yeah, hopefully if, it should be next year.
1: And you will be there sitting next to her. Yes,
0: <laughs> going. Oh, I love you, I love you. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we could let's let's keep working on that dream. Mm-hmm. Me and Kate often talk about the kind of yeah the dinner we're going to have with Oprah and, <laughs> and
1: Glenn Doyle. And... Love it. See that? Let's just invite them all over to friends. We'll yeah. Like, I mean, how many how many other server coaches are you going to find in France? Eight? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it has to be
0: yeah we were talking about with rose actually we are Mm. that's on the plan to do retreats and try and you know conferences and stuff
1: yeah
0: so yes you'll have to be a guest
1: speaker
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so um coming to the end we always Mm -hmm. end with a tip of the day and your reason to love being sober
1: Mm. so the tip of the day is still go to the gentle um Mm. make Make it nice um, to get sober and to go sober. Like, it's finding the positives. Um, And I think so many people are like, you know, when they start this kind of, particularly in the challenge, like, I'm going to see it as a challenge and I'm not going to have any sugar and I'm not going to... Mm have any nicotine and i'm not going to you know eat any real food or or whatever and then it's like within three days they're miserable and within four days they're this again yeah um, and so go to the gentle like find ways to celebrate every single achievement if it's like you know on the hour every hour do that like because those first few hours and days are massively massively important you can't get 200 days without you know, without the first 100 hours.
0: Uh, oh, I love that. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> Go to the gentle. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And um, what's your reason to love being sober? I
1: can't remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's the, it's the clarity. It's seeing me. It's seeing the world. Um, it's knowing it's knowing that I can trust myself and that I can feel the feelings that I feel and, you know, with no judgment (laughs) to them or anything else, but also knowing that they're not being influenced by alcohol or by, you know, processing of the poison. Um, Yeah. Mm. It's just, if you feel like shit, okay, well what's going on? Like what's going on behind that? Um, Yeah. It's clarity and, realness the authenticity the truth to to what's felt
0: oh yeah yeah thank you for sharing that because yeah it's just that hits the nail on the head for me too it's that authenticity of self Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I love what you wrote on your post um today what was it that um self-care is is care of self
1: (laughs) yes yeah yeah and taking care of ourselves. Right.
0: Yeah. The yeah, yeah. yeah 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 um oh thanks so much joe it's been fantastic nice to pleasure. finally i feel like we just had a chat really me
1: too
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is what po- all good podcasts yes. should be um yeah. so yeah it's been fantastic just to learn more about your story and yeah. and what you're doing and thanks for you know sharing openly so other people can find you and find the community Mm. and and seek out the things that work for them you know so I really appreciate that um and hopefully I'll see you soon in in real life
1: on the seaside
0: yeah yeah if 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 we ever get to sort of I don't know get out of this crazy world we're living in maybe we'll see each other in England before we'll see (laughs) Heaven forbid! Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I'm trying to. I think I'm just going to stay in Wales. I'm going to completely bypass England. Yeah, um, stay in Wales at least.
0: Yeah. yeah, Wales is beautiful. It's one of my favourite places. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, okay, well, there. if you're listening and you're immediately concerned about your drinking, do reach out. Reach out to Joe. Reach out to us. You know, info. At Love sober. I've put all the details of Joe's work underneath. Um, and you know sobris has an anonymous ask the doctor service um alcohol change has great um sort of resources for local support um you know whatever you need sort of don't be afraid or don't feel embarrassed or feel shame you know it's like it's a human experience and we're all just trying to get well um so look after yourself and we'll see you next week for more chat